Howdy, howdy, and welcome to episode 15 of the series Walking Through the Book of Galatians. I don't even know what I called this series anymore. Was it uh, a walk? The Daily Walk? The Daily Run? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter because, hey, welcome. It's been so long since I've recorded one of these a few days. I apologize for that. Uh, crazy, busy with work and kids and vacation. And, uh, hey, getting back in the swing. So if you've been tuning in daily saying, hey, where's today's episode? Well, here it is, today's episode. So, hey, we are on um, episode 15. We are in chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, I think we're going to hit today. Uh, two verses that um, I, well, especially verse 20. Verse 20 I've always had a soft spot for because it's a, a, one of those first verses that I memorized in the Bible because I memorized it in a song. And so uh, sang this one many, many times. And that is a great way to remember scripture. And one of the things that I think many Christians struggle with is memorizing scripture. I know over the years when I was pastoring, encouraging people to memorize scripture. And what I got most often, I hate to say that most often, but what I got most often was excuses. You know, I would tell people, you know, hey, you know, you should, mem you know, memorize scripture, read it, study it, memorize it. And I'd get a lot of excuses about why they didn't memorize scripture. That and fasting, get a lot of excuses why people didn't fast. You know, I get headaches, I don't get hungry. Anyway, um, I have a lot of excuses for not memorizing more scripture. And that's really just what they are, is, is excuses. Um, there was a time where I would pick one out once a week or, you know, every couple of weeks, pick one out to, to memorize it. Um, and, and my memorization now is, is a little bit different. I, I memorize things uh, by mostly by teaching them. And as I teach them, uh, the way I try to teach the Bible is very much the way I read the Bible. And so I'll kind of do that as we go here uh, through verses 20 and 21 and talk a little bit about just kind of my method and, and when I break things into pieces, when I break the verse into its pieces, a lot of times I'll remember that verse. I'll memorize that verse because there's a certain aspect of memorization that to me is easier when there's understanding. Right. Uh, and, and maybe you've experienced this before, but uh, like my one of my one of my kids will sing songs and doesn't know the words and will kind of which I do that, too. But it definitely changes when I know the words, when I've seen them written down, you know, then it's like, Oh, when I understand the lyrics, uh, it's a whole lot easier to sing them. There's something about that understanding that makes the memorization easier. I'm just, that's just me. And maybe that's not for you. And maybe you're one that you're like, well, I just don't memorize anything. Nothing sticks in my head. And uh, I remember reading a study a few years back about how uh, people were not able to remember telephone numbers like they used to. And it wasn't that our brains are, have devolved. It's what they found was it was just lack of use because we don't have to memorize phone numbers because we have telephones that memorize them for us. We don't have have that, uh, that part of our brain exercised. And I was, remember sharing that article with a friend of mine, and he was telling me about how he had, I mean, just hundreds of numbers memorized because he used them constantly for work. And so he had built in this memory, uh, this way to memorize phone numbers that he, you know, it became kind of a second nature thing to him. 
which I thought was pretty amazing. And it was through practice, right? Through practice. And that's the thing is that for many of us, as we grow up, we kind of learn that we have a capability of doing certain things and disability, maybe less ability to do other things. And we tend to gravitate toward those things we find we have a natural ability toward. And those things that we find, like, I don't have any natural ability toward this. It's really easy to quit on. And that tends to be what happens, I think, with people with memorization is when they start trying to memorize, they they just quit because it's hard. And uh, rather than putting in the work and building up, you know, the, the neural pathways or whatever goes on in your brain, um, they just give up. So for me, songs are helpful. You know, and and that was something, of course, that the, the uh, Jewish rabbis would do. They, they would sing the scripture. And I think a big part of that is that it helps you to remember. So when we read this verse, I know this one because of a song. But um, anyway, maybe as we talk about it, again, as I said, a lot of times I remember things now because of the way that I read and the way that I try to study these things to break them down. So as I read this, I'm just going to kind of do it how I do it on my own. So this is the verse, verse 20. Now, remember the context he's talking about those people who are trying to uh, live under the law, having been saved by faith and now trying to be made um, righteous through the law. So he goes, uh, he said previously, uh, he talked about how, uh, for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. So then the next verse, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So kind of to take this slowly, kind of if, when I read this on my own, a lot of times I'll read through it just like I just did, and then I'll stop and I'll look back at it again, and I'll go, okay, wait, wait what's he saying here? I have been crucified with Christ. Now, was he literally crucified with Christ? So I have to kind of take this to what do I already know of Scripture? So I think the idea here, when he says, I have been crucified, he's talking about the old man, the old, the old Paul, right? The old, whatever your name might be, the old you before you were born again, you were crucified with him and buried with him. So he goes, so I, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So he's part of what makes this tricky is he's talking about the old man and the new man, right? The old you and the new you. If any man be in Christ, the Bible says he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. That's in Second Corinthians. And so he's he's telling us here that the old him was crucified with Christ, and then now it's it's not I who live, but Christ lives in me. And so he's, he's contrasting those two things. And he says, and the life, oh, it, yeah, but the, okay, let me just read it again. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, right? Not according to the law, right? He says, now I'm living in faith. I was saved by faith and now I'm living in faith. So the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And so he's living his life in light of who Jesus is and what Jesus did for him. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So he's doing what he does 
because he believes in what Jesus said and what Jesus did and who Jesus is. And so again, remember this is this argument against living back, putting yourself back under the law, having been saved by grace through faith and then putting yourself under the law. And so verse 21, he sums it up. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God. Okay, now he says, I do not set aside the grace of God. So it's really easy to look over this, I think, and go right to the next part of the verse. But what does that mean to set aside the grace of God? Well, that's exactly what he's saying that they're doing, right? They've received Christ in faith, and then they set it aside. They set aside the grace, and they go back under the law. And he's saying, I don't do that, because if you set aside the grace of God, I don't do that, because if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain, right? If righteousness came, if we could be righteous by following the law, there's no reason for Jesus to come and die. There's no reason for it. He would just just come and say, hey, get your act together, live according to the law. His death would be empty. It wouldn't be the only way, right? His his propitiation, his his, uh, substitutionary sacrifice, it wouldn't have been that. It would have just been like, and, and I've heard a lot of people say this, you know, like, well, just died, you know, for every, you know, to show us how to live and, well, no, no, no. He died to pay the price for our sins that we might be saved by grace, right? That payment in our in our place that we might believe that he was our sacrifice for us, that his death was sufficient. And, and so this is, again, one of those things I talk about a lot. You know, one of the ways to spot false teaching is it takes away from the finished work of the cross. And so when we go back under the law and say, oh, you got to get back under the law, well, then you're setting aside the grace. And now the cross is not necessary. It's just some weird thing that Jesus just felt like doing. Like, hey, you should follow the law. I'm going to come down here and die on the cross. Like, it, it doesn't mean anything. So, hey, beware of that. And uh, let's try to remember to live this way. You know, I have been crucified with Christ. There's a beautiful thing in that, that if you're feeling like you're being ruled by your sinful flesh and your desires and your in your passions, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, that old man was crucified. Now, you might say, well, if he was crucified with Christ, then why am I still tempted with that stuff? Well, remember this, that when someone's crucified, they can't do much, but they can talk. And the old man will do that. The old man has no power over you. Can't make you give in to those desires and lusts and passions and, and appetites. But he'll yammer on about it. The old man will be yammering on. And so this is a great one to memorize. I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. So wait, I've been crucified. That old, the, the old man's just jabbering. I don't have to listen to that. Because the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. God bless you. Talk to you next time.